0: Hi everybody, Strawberry Sequoia. We are here today with the CEO of Shine Papers, Dave Brown, to get his perspective on the state of the war on drugs and why Dave feels, as a modern day company in the cannabis space, a responsibility to support this cause. Dave, thank you so much for your generosity in supporting the raffle and for being here today.
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, it's our pleasure on both fronts.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into the cannabis world?
1: Yeah. Um, so I kind of t- t- took an alternate route. Um, I had, you done several interesting things in life. I'd been a professional tennis player. Um, from there, I got into the cigar world, um, premium cigars. I was working in stores. I was um, running a distribution company. Um, and from there, you know, at one point in time, we were selling a lot of cigars to Vegas casinos. And so we wanted to come up with a product that was really geared towards the super high-end gambler. Um, and what we came up with and there's like a lot of funny stops and starts with it. But, um, we came up with the idea of let's put gold on a cigar and that cigar people loved receiving it, um, as a gift, but they would not actually pay for it. It was already an expensive product to begin with. And then when you add on the Vegas markup, it became incredibly expensive. Um, but we didn't want to, so the product, that product wasn't really working the way we wanted it to. The other funny thing that happened with it, I was actually just talking about with someone yesterday, is that people would buy the cigar and not smoke it because <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> They're like, oh, Bring this is it. a romano. Yeah, I'm <laughs> never going to touch this. I'm like, well, maybe you should buy two then. Like, Keep one as a trophy and actually <laughs> yeah. have the experience of smoking the other, but it didn't work out that way. Um but we didn't want to lose sight of the technology. We thought it was a really cool process we had created. So we were looking for other ways that we could apply it. And we landed on rolling papers. Um, I prototyped the first couple of papers myself and gave them to someone who was working for me, uh, who I knew was a smoker. And I said, hey, just try this. Let me know if it works. And I'll never forget that first photo of it rolled up in ash and gold. And he's like, Oh, it, it works. I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. So for me, um, I was not you, I got my education about cannabis by developing this product. Um, I really wasn't in the space. I wasn't thinking about it a lot. Um, but I think overall that's really helped us with shine. Um, because I've seen, a especially in this industry, you see a lot of people that are such passionate consumers of a product that um, they can sometimes be a little bit myopic as to how to build a product that will scale. So they're very much focused on what their personal use habits are, but maybe not what works for a larger audience. so with a little bit of detachment, I think we were able to do that. Um, but from there, once we started to become more aware of what was happening, um, from a business aspect, it was very clear that there was a lot of opportunity um, and a lot of things that we could do in interesting ways. But you also start to get educated on these other issues, you know, the medicinal value of the plant, um, the legal issues that are, that are arising or have been in place for a lot of people for a long time. So building the product was kind of our entry point to getting educated on these things. But now that we're here and that, you know, the product started in 2013 um, you know, we really, you know, we definitely have our finger on the pulse of what's happening at this point and look at different issues as to you know things that we can want to get behind and want to support because our product is unique in that, we get a lot of mainstream press coverage, probably more than um, any other brand in the industry um, because they're always willing to talk about luxury, even if yeah. cannabis isn't quite as interesting to their audience. So the intersection of the two is extremely interesting. Um, so with that, you know, we want to look at certain things and make sure that um, you know we believe in kind of acting with responsibility and making sure that we're moving um certain issues and ideas forward and feel like we have a unique platform to be able to talk about them
0: yeah and that's that is so important is you have the platform you have the followers and then what do you do with that so we talked last week with um about the history of the war on drugs with root and rebound and why it is relevant and what Root and Rebound is doing to help. So, I'm curious to hear your perspective as a cannabis company on the issues still surrounding the war on drugs, as your insider view from the industry.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think the war on drugs is overall it's a failure. I think it's a war on certain people more than it is on uh, uh, almost more so than on certain products um it's definitely um hurt particular communities in a greater to a greater degree than it does others um but you we're clearly at a point where people are starting to understand how much value there is in you know on all types of levels um from a cannabis perspective and we obviously have a ton of people that um are well <laughs> uh are serving sentences that go far beyond what you would think for anything that should relate to cannabis um and you know these are life changing life altering things that have happened to these people um that will probably always travel with them which is really unfortunate um so we're clearly at a point where every you know, the mainstream and you know, people that write policy are starting to look at this completely differently. Um and it would be fantastic to to say you know, the people that were <laughs> um ahead of the curve on this and have paid and you know, an unbelievably high price um, in their life for, for being involved with it, um, finding a way to, to roll some of that back, um, and to, you know, lessen those penalties, get people out, get them into better situations, even if they have to be in, um, you know, these are not violent offenders. These are not people that are harming people. Um, many, many times these are people that have, um, such a, a profound and deep-seated belief in the good of what they're doing that it's it's really unfortunate to see them paying such a steep price so you know it's while it's terribly exciting to see where things are moving there's obviously a huge um, population that has been kind of left behind um, and are paying a, a tremendous price so you know anything that can be done to move their cause forward, I think, is incredibly important and, and healing and powerful.
0: Definitely. I'm, and so you're based in, are you based in Vegas?
1: That's where you're- no, no, we're at, we're based in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, actually. So a complete non-hotbed of cannabis oh. activity. We just like living at the beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fun. I bet the weather's great there right now. Yeah,
1: (laughs) 75, not a cloud in the sky. So that's why we stay here. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a unique place to look at this all from as well, because, you know, there's so many different ways that people are doing things. You know, there's Colorado, which has actually been really great about expunging records and getting people out of prisons. Yeah. Um, And then there's California that's got a million problems across the entire industry.
1: Right. Right. Is there
0: anything unique about South Carolina? Any insights there? Or Um, South
1: Carolina traditionally, you know, it is especially compared to the rest of the country. It is a conservative place by nature. Um, Charleston is kind of like Austin. It's kind of an oasis of progressiveness and liberalism in a sea of conservative (laughs) views. there are people that are definitely putting a lot of effort in to move legalization forward. Um, it is not, it is not legal here in, in any format yet. Um, but it's always, you know, the biggest challenge will be my prediction when people ask me about it is that we'll probably be one of the last five States to actually <laughs> come around to where we should be. Um, because there still is a big influence of like Bible belt views. And so, you know, while we are strongly Republican from a voting standpoint and I kind of try to wrap people's minds around, like, let's you know, be a good Republican, take the tax revenue. There's a lot of things that you can fix. Our schools are terrible. Our roads are seriously in need of repair. You know, we could probably fix a lot of that in one or two years of, uh, properly taxed cannabis sales. Um, yeah. but think? we are in a state where the social stigma of it is still pretty strong, um, from top to bottom. Um, you, it wasn't a conscious decision to start a business in this industry, in this state. <laughs> uh, we've made it work, um, because we find that, um, it's a little bit easier to stay focused because we're so off the radar. Um, we're not in the scene. We're not going to events every single week. So we, we're a little bit more focused on what our goals and strategy is. Um, but from a legalization standpoint, you, we're, we're always going to be kind of on the tail end of, of the wave.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, almost even more touching to me that you care so much about this and, and other issues being almost far out of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great that, you know, even though you're, you're a step away from where the action's at, you're very much interested in, in making the industry a better place. Which yeah I think important.
1: it's I think it's really important um, you know I think and it's important for all of us so we might not have as much personal experience with people that have been directly affected by these issues but having a little bit of detachment from it and you can see what's happening a little bit more clearly and um, yeah I think that you know, we have, I think everyone in the industry, which not everyone abides by it, but I think everyone in the industry has a responsibility to um, be a good steward of what's happening right now because it's really exciting and there's a lot of good things happening. So let's not be short-sighted and mess it up for a big opportunity or for a lot of people by not – acting responsibly with what we with what we do have at our fingertips you know the people that are serving time would you know if they if they were free and had a blank slate and saw what was happening now I'm sure they would be you know they would love to be participating right now without you know previous blemishes um so it's almost like for their sake we have to do this correctly (laughs) and ensure that the issues are talked about and communicated well to people that don't understand them, but need to, to some degree to help change them. Um, so yeah, we take that, that kind of the corporate responsibility on that level seriously. And, you know, want to see everyone else do that too.
0: Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, um, drug policy Alliance has a hashtag, that's legalize it right you know so mm. not just legalizing but like we got to do this the right way um, yeah well and i'm so. curious if you from your perspective if you see a lot of companies in the industry stepping up to the plate on issues like this or if you are seeing a lot more companies ignoring issues like this if you have a perspective that on that a question
1: um I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think you have companies that, um, are, you know, extremely active on a, on a social, you know, with a social cause attached to what they're doing. And you definitely have other companies that are, you know, more focused on, you know, um, the profit opportunity.
0: Um,
1: there's definitely a way to balance both and one can also enhance the other, but it's also, you know, again, like what's, you know, what's the right thing to do? Um, so, you know, I, I try not to cast any judgment on any other companies, um, for how they participate. Cause a lot of it too, you know, there's kind of an entrepreneurial, uh, sense too of, you know, you might have the absolute best intentions, but you're just not financially at a place where you can participate obviously there's other ways that you can make a difference um but you know not everyone's in a position to start a foundation <laughs> or be a, a significant sponsor of something so you know i think everyone in their own little ways can do it and it can be as small as just being a good citizen in your community and just showing that hey yes i'm in a cannabis business but you know i'm a great dad or I show up to the soccer games or whatever the thing is to show you know, I think all those little moments too help destigmatize it. And ultimately that's you know, that's really what's that's the only thing that I think is really left on the table as far as moving issues forward is just overcoming stigma that's still there. Um Absolutely. so, you know, you can do that in really big noticeable ways, or you can also just, you know, be someone who helps the little old lady across the street too. Um, So, (laughs) you know, I think any of those things, anything within that range is, Hey, we're moving it forward. Like we're showing, yes, we're in this business, but whatever your perception of this business or product or industry is, you know, it's definitely a generalization and it's definitely a stereotype. It's very varied like any other industry.
0: Absolutely. And you bring up a good point. Um, And it's something that we often tell people. And even with this raffle that we're doing, you don't need to buy a raffle ticket if you don't have, you know, a couple extra dollars laying around. That's fine. The most important thing is to educate yourself and to be vocal about the issues and to be vocal about your cannabis use and help to destigmatize. So I think that's a that's a great point. And I also think that, in my opinion, this particular industry has the opportunity to be one of the most inclusive and equal industries that of this scale um, potentially in history. And I just wanted to kind of bring that up and, and get your opinion mm-hmm. on that in the going forward.
1: I, absolutely. I mean, I think that. Um it is really exciting and it's definitely a strength of the industry that um, you, there's not the, the industry is not built it's because it's young in it's in its life cycle, the, the systems and the infrastructure and the bureaucracy that at times, Um, might create an unlevel playing field in other industries really doesn't exist here. If you, it doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is, what your ethnicity is, what your gender is, what your sexual orientation is. It's, it's a pretty wide open space right now. And so if you can find a way to create value, um, then I think you have a chance to be, incredibly successful here without having to bite without having to fight off um you know systemic issues that that exist in other industries so um diversity of thoughts and people is very very important to us and i think that you um it's an exciting place for people to um not feel like they have to fight off years and years of how things have been done. Um, they can come in and kind of create something relatively quickly. Um, and if it's well received, then it really doesn't matter what their background is or, or how they got to this starting point. So I completely agree. You know, there's a lot of good things that occur, um, because the industry is in its infancy I could definitely point out things that are problematic because of that same thing. Um, but ultimately it's a very exciting time. And there's a, just a infinite level of opportunity. Um, and it just brings back to, to yet. Yes, there's a lot of opportunity. Let's not, <laughs> let's not mess it up. Like let's do it well. Like you said, that hashtag, yeah. legalize it right? Like, let's like, if we take care of this thing, um, collectively it's going to be incredibly impactful for really generations i think you know i think the people that are doing it well now um, have a real chance to have um, you know a legacy type of opportunity where you know, it doesn't it's not bad to you know, like whenever it was 150 200 years ago they probably thought people making rum that you know might have been a, a moonshine-ish type of product were crazy and kind of on the fringes of things. But if your last name is Bacardi today, you're doing okay. So I think that that same opportunity exists here to really change kind of generations um, with this opportunity and with what people can do in the industry from a starting point that it doesn't matter what your prior background was. Um, or what, you what class or ethnic ethnic background you come from. So, um, I think it's really exciting for people, for everyone to, to have an opportunity like that in front of
0: them. Definitely. And you mentioned something about, um, the different problems and I was curious about maybe in at least just in your opinion, what are some of the Mm -hmm. biggest issues that you see besides this in the cannabis industry that we should be striving to solve and and fix? Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think that, um, I think you, you would like to, ideally you would like to see a balance of, there's certain things that industries just need from a maturation standpoint. They need to kind of know how to regulate themselves, not in a way that's that makes it impossible to start a business, but in a way that makes sure that the right people are doing the right things. Um, so you know, the right amount of regulation is a good thing. It's good for people that are building businesses the right way and it's good for consumers too. Um, so you that's one area you'd like to see you know when federal legalization comes comes along. I think it'll be interesting to see um, how products develop and move when they can actually move um, and you know, I think that we're you know I would say you know and I'm painting with broad strokes, but I would say a lot of the industry right now is kind of made up of two, um, two different categories of people. One are people that were doing it all along and are now just learning how to do it in a legal environment. Um, and then you also have people that are seeing it for the green rush aspect and don't really have, um, any motives except profit. Um, and both of those views come with some limits. Um, what I'd like to see and what I enjoy seeing is when I just see like brands and companies that feel very much plug and play, but the the demographics of their team feel like, Oh, this could be a liquor company or, Oh, this could be a software company um, or a food product company in terms of the quality of people that are, that are working. Um, and in terms of the branding and, um, you know, the, how the company is structured. So I think we still have a lot of people that have, you know, quite frankly, still have a hustler mentality because that's what they're used to doing. Um, and then you have people that don't really understand it at all, but are just kind of throwing dollars at ideas that they think will work, um, but probably won't. And they're, you know, we're, you know, if anyone's paying attention, like they've seen a lot of companies get valuations that are completely ridiculous. And that's not a good thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, digital, uh, digital companies in this space that wanted to be the Facebook of cannabis or the, the, the Aloha of cannabis. Um, and they get incredibly high valuations and you know, the problem with that is that they can't live up to it. And so now you've got investors in a, in a difficult position. Um, Their value might be going down after they put money in, they might have to put a bunch of money in just to keep it going. And I'm talking about some of the biggest brands in the space, digital and retail. Um, You know, some of these companies have completely upside down financials and from a product standpoint they might be viewed as the leader in their category well that's that's not a great place to be so um you as the market matures and i think people understand what these companies actually should be worth then you can have reasonable investment and growth and happy investors and companies that just work, you know, like some of these companies and, you know, cannabis isn't the only one that this happens to. Um, you know, I could name a lot of companies that we all use when we need to, you know, get a car instead of a taxi that, (laughs) um, their financials just plain don't make sense, like, but it's a brand and people want to say that they own a piece of it. So, you know, where that leads is interesting overall I'd absolutely take the opportunity over um, having those things completely sorted, but there's definitely pieces of the market that don't make sense. There's regulation in certain States that doesn't make sense. um, That isn't really in tune with what the practical issues are of running a cannabis business um, Mm -hmm. or growing one. So, you know, there's a lot of room to improve, but there's also, you see in certain states, like they're doing it to a really high level. Why everyone doesn't just follow that blueprint, I don't know. That seems the simplest way for me. But, um, you know, at least there are, you know, very positive examples that can be pointed to of, yeah, like this is how much, you know, this is how much we've reinvested back into our public school system. And I think that the more we can connect it to like, you know, this money is going to fix these problems. I think that that's probably the quickest way to reduce the stigma and to get people over that hump of like, okay, like, (laughs) yes, like these are ideas that I believe in. I don't see where my state is going to get this revenue from. The action is already happening. The behavior is already happening. It's just a matter of do you want to pull it out of the black market or not um, at this point so um, yeah, there there's uh, there's pluses and minuses but overall I think yeah, there's definitely um, there's definitely more good than bad at this point.
0: I would agree and I would also agree with um, the monetary. Thoughts there, I would say that even some of the more serious Republicans are going to be able to be motivated by money. so: mm-hmm. um, yep. And that answer that, that you just gave sort of leads into one of my favorite questions that we ask on the podcast. We try and ask everybody this, is just where do you see the industry going in the next one? Five and then ten years. Mm. Tough one. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Man. Yeah. I think it's almost like the the longer term, the longer horizons are almost easier to answer. Um, legalization is an idea whose time has come, and you know, every election cycle we're making progress on that. So I think. 10 years from now that's kind of always I you know that's always been my gut feel for when federal legalization would happen um and if it does i mean wow like we've seen what's happened in in canada um so um yeah, that's kind of to me that would be the big headline for 10 years um 5 years i think we'll probably see you know i would probably mark that as a time where we're seeing more and more states you know get on board with a recreational program and not just medical um but a year from now i think that we're still you know very much fighting an uphill battle and kind of grinding through the gears of okay a state, you know, brings a program online, but now we have the actual, you know, where the rubber meets the road of people trying to um, exist within that framework and the feedback loop on how to, oh, this, you know, this part of the program works really well, but this part over here is a problem and here's why. Um, You know, I'd like to be seeing a little bit more fluid situation when it comes to legislation of people being able to put things out, let people get accustomed to what the system is, but then also be able to have a reasonable forum and lines of communication to say, okay, I know you put it in this piece in because of this. Let me explain to you in my daily process what that means and why it might not be the best place to create a bottleneck um, in our production. Maybe we could do it this other way. So, you know, I think the legislation will get to where it needs to if we can kind of make it a living document and not something that is set in stone um, and people are going to have to deal with it as is. And as we've seen in certain states, a lot of times if it's not done correctly, it really just pushes people back to the black market. That's absolutely not what we want. So, you know, I think that there's clear hits and misses (laughs) state by state. Um, But, but I think for the next two, you know, year to four years, um, you know, we're going to be kind of fixing and adjusting and hopefully improving the initial offerings and the initial programs as they're written.
0: Definitely. Well, My final question for you is just simply, is there anything else you would like to add?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, especially for the purpose of this conversation, I think I've kind of already said what, um, what my goals are, which is that, you know, people do get involved and they do pay attention to these issues. Um, and if, whether they're working in the cannabis industry or they're just a cannabis consumer, um, everyone has the ability in a small way to affect change on the stigma of it. Um, and to tell positive stories. So, you know, I would just think, encourage people at all levels to, to do that. Um, You know, it's definitely not something where you have to be ashamed to talk about it anymore or keep it as private information um, to the level that people used to. But there's, you know, definitely an opportunity to, you know, um, to present a really positive image for the plant itself, for what it means to consume it, how that, you know, affects you in a positive way, medicinally. Um, and then certainly if you're working in the industry, like make it, you know, make it a better place. We're just starting. So let's make it better and better um, for ourselves and for the people that come after us.
0: Well said. And that's what we're here for, you know, having these conversations to say it's okay to have these conversations. <laughs> is right. So really, Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for donating to the raffle and for coming on here to share your thoughts and ideas. We really, really appreciate it.
1: That sounds good. Appreciate you having us.
0: Well, have a lovely day.
1: <laughs> you do the same.